0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Day Beautiful. I'm Adam Vitkavage and this is a podcast where I interview a debut author about their reading and writing history, what inspires them, their debut book from Genesis to editing it, and from querying agents to finally selling it. If you like what you hear here, check us out on daybeautiful.net and follow us on social media at Day Beautiful. Today's guest holds an MFA in nonfiction from the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, and her essays have appeared in outlets like diagram oxford american and the rumpus she was a publisher's weekly starwatch 2021 honoree and is currently the executive director of hub city writers project in spartanburg south carolina please welcome meg reed hey meg i just want to start off with a simple question what is hub city
1: Sure. So we are a nonprofit literary organization located in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and we're made up of three parts. We have a uh, award-winning literary press and a independent bookshop in downtown Spartanburg, as well as a literary organization that does both creative writing education um, and also outreach. So creative writing education, like workshops and conferences and things like that. Um, we have been in Spartanburg since 1995, so we're going into our 30th year. Um, and uh, I became executive director and publisher of Hub City Press um, just under a year ago, last April. Um, and so that that's that's who we are, and uh, we do a lot of stuff. And um, so we're a lot of things, different things to a lot of different people. But our heart and soul is our publishing, which we've been doing for all 30 years.
0: Yeah. And you've had some bangers of books that I've loved sleepovers by Ashley Bryant Phillips. Uh, I interviewed her for day beautiful. Carter sickle wrote, uh, the prettiest sickles wrote the prettiest star that came out on hub city, uh, among numerous others. Those are just the two off the top of my head that I can remember and loved. Um, and 30 years is a long time. I think, uh, the reason I reached out to you was we were just like, you tweeted something about, you know, you're in Hub cities in their 30th, in your 30th year. Uh, it's hard to do that as independent as you are. Um, and I guess I just want to talk a little bit about like the growing pains that I know you are newer, you weren't there since 1995, but like, if you can talk to like obstacles that you see, you saw then and, and you see now and just what it means to be this independent in a world where it's not that independent.
1: Yeah. Well, Um, yeah, I was eight in
0: 1990.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, A precocious eight, but, um, uh, not running an organization, but I, that being said though, I am new to this position. I have been with Hub City for a long time. I've been with the organization since 2013. Um, after I graduated from my MFA a few years after that. And, um, so when I got here, we had three people, we did have the bookshop. Um, but we had three people working in an office, and now we've grown to uh, we have seven full time employees and a couple of remote employees. And we have a bunch of booksellers, etc. So we're a lot bigger than we used to be. Um, and so there has been a lot of growth also with the press. We were doing so we publish fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and books of regional interest, which is our mission. Um, our mission is publishing only writing from the American South. Uh, we are the only publisher in the world that's dedicated entirely to that mission. Um, and so that has been our mission since 1995. And we still keep it, we're we're, we're very mission oriented, um, but we have grown a lot within that. And so we were putting out when I got here, four to six books, and now we're doing a solid eight to 10. And I always say that doesn't sound like a lot more, but really it's twice as many. Yeah. <laughs> and so- and we've kept the list really small um intentionally so that we could really serve each author um you know with the same level of of attention and uh care that we really want to maintain but yeah, we've grown a lot and there are a lot of cha- challenges, a lot of structural challenges. Um, it is not easy to fund uh, literary endeavors in this country, especially if you are located somewhere that is not coastal, that is not a city. Um, mm-hmm. We're in a city, but we're in a small city um, in South Carolina. Um, so I think I always tell people that what our greatest strength is also, you know, our greatest challenge is also our greatest strength in some way, that feeling of, of, you um, you know, we don't, we don't take anything for granted. We really push for, for everything that we can get. We're very scrappy. Um, everyone (laughs) loves the word. Um, but we don't have the sort of built in literary community and network that places like New York have, where you have a lot of people doing what you do and a lot of people to talk about. And so when you're the only person, we're the only literary publisher, um, non-university affiliated in South Carolina. Um, and so, that is both amazing um but it also means that you know there aren't a lot of people around you that understand what you do um it takes a yeah. lot more shouting to get people to hear you and to understand what you're doing and so um we also don't we publish uh a lot of this is relevant to your interests yeah. we publish a lot of debuts um yeah, which is really important to us and kind of part of our mission. And um, So that's another kind of hurdle, just like saying, you know, these are new writers that maybe you haven't heard of and we're building people's careers and that's really part of our mission. So, um, yeah, it is. There are a lot of challenges. I think it's hard now in this media landscape and in this funding landscape to really do literary work at a high level um, if you if you aren't getting the kind of very large strategic like funding grants that are out there. Um, It can be really, I think, hard for little organizations looking at the landscape right now. So Hub City's existence and continued success in existence, I think is another way forward saying, you don't have to be in a place that's really, really expensive and that has a large robust existent culture. You can make your own culture. You can do it from a small city. You can do it from a rural landscape. Um, And it's going to be tougher and it's going to take longer, I think, but to get people to listen and to take it seriously, maybe. Um, but I think uh we are really committed to that idea of like decentralizing publishing, that publishing can exist anywhere and the the more places it exists, the more authentic um it and, and grounded in community it can be.
0: Yeah, I often think about decentralizing publishing the idea of it because i live in denver which is a major city it's a capital um there's a robust there's the lighthouse uh writers workshop here there's large independent bookstores in and around denver uh but it still feels like if you're not in new york or la or san francisco or chicago it's finding a literary community is hard uh outside of like MFA programs uh and what I'm what I'm interested in is is that idea of Spartanburg where I didn't pull it up on a map I wouldn't know where in South Carolina it was just because there's so many cities but like what are current struggles you're seeing with building a community or or successes with building a community in a place like Spartanburg
1: well um again just like low access we i mean we we have um a lot of barriers around us being in you know like a semi rural small city in the yeah. south um so I always talk about, you know, it's everything from um, our, our gaps in education, our gaps in, in academic achievement that start very young in schools. Um, we don't have uh this the sort of you know robust uh literary culture that tells children and 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 high schoolers and people right through that, that literary endeavors and writing and reading are like, you know, extremely important. Um that's missing in some some ways. We also uh just from a really brass tacks level, I always tell people the uh this is information from south arts which is the NEA's you know um this is the regional arts funder and they say that every person living in the south uh receives 4 dollars of arts funding to New York's 16 dollars um and so that means that's not that people aren't doing the work it's that they're not getting the attention and yes. the funding support that they need um and so when you don't have organizations getting support, then it falls to individuals to try to connect with other people and and make those um, communities themselves, and uh, that can be hard. And it can be hard for writers because writers are naturally kind of reclusive and less maybe uh, less. Uh, or, or that's that's you know the the the. Um, the what we think of but it's also been hard with the pandemic i think that people um you know like losing the ability to meet and to to um share work and all those things that that um we need to do to keep literary communities vital um i do think lots of virtual things stepped in and i'm so glad so many of them still exist because it's not like the need for them went away that's a big thing for me along with this decentralized notion is that you know in order for people everywhere to be brought into the conversations, we need to you know, encourage that kind of stuff, like virtual conversations and recorded conversations and things like that, that we can bridge that that um, physical gap. But that's what I think the for us, the bookstore that we have has been very important. So our bookstore is um, a full service independent bookstore, meaning it's not like a, it's, we don't just sell our own books. We mm-hmm. sell New York Times bestsellers and everything. And um, it's about 2,200 square feet. It's a good size okay. store. Um, it's right in our downtown, uh, our downtown has gone through a massive redevelopment and sort of, uh, re-invigoration is a lot more full than it used to be, but we've always been sort of an anchor of our end of downtown. And we've really been able to use that as a third space as well. Um, you know, a natural sort of place to bring people to, and to kind of try to build that community ourselves without charging people. Most of our book events are free. Um, very few of them have ticketed prices. Um, so that has been something I, th- I think when I think about I wasn't here when we started the bookstore, but it really was like a need. It was like we didn't have a bookstore. We were obviously publishing books. Um, but the other thing was just like writers and and creatives just didn't have any place to to um you know meet and 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 share ideas. So um that's I think the that's the the biggest hurdle. And um I'm glad that it's the one greatest thing about uh the kind of digital internet culture we live in now is that people can, I feel so connected to people in Charleston, Nashville and Charlotte and um, all the surrounding um, metros. We wouldn't, Hub City would not be able to do what we do without that, without that internet presence because that's how we communicate with a lot of people since they're not just down the street, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I do really appreciate the digital world we live in because like you and I can connect across the country um, today, right now, uh, and yeah. throughout, like you know, the past few years, um, I'm fascinated. I want to talk a little bit about the bookstore because I, especially, love independent bookstores. Um, I guess you you mentioned it being a third space, which I feel not everyone understands what a third space is. So I am just going to ask the very basic question: What is a third space?
1: Right. Well, it's a it's it's a space that doesn't exist for. Um, specifically for retail or for other, um, you know, means like it's just a space that exists for community to to gather in essentially. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think everyone everywhere is talking about the lack of these places. We have so many young people in our store. And I mean, you see everywhere this like, young people have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that bookstores we've we'll 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 kind of say like oh there were a bunch of young people we have a cat and so um people come in to see the cat the cat yeah. is immensely popular <laughs> and so we always have like shopping traffic and then we have like kids coming in to see the cat traffic and uh you know I'm like a cynical person but like seeing all these people coming in just because they want to like pet the cat and look at books and and uh you know have have that experience usually with friends like with other people is just the most soul invigorating thing I think honestly like as a publisher especially seeing people it keeps us from getting like too bogged down in the business and the uh you know the production and the distribution and all the headaches of of doing what we do. Because getting to go, I don't have to work in the bookstore, but I choose to. And I work an hour or so in the bookstore, I, I staff events and seeing um, you know, how joyful people are in bookstores yeah. um is really an immensely invigorating thing when you have to kind of turn around and go back to making books. Um, it it allows us to not get too deep in our own uh, you know in our own heads about everything. Um but yeah there I think bookstores, you know, they I've been very much on this train of bookstores just make better communities. Um and there's some data really backing this up that's that cities that have bookstores are, um, you know, they have better, better involved, more involved citizens, they have more civic involvement. Um, And, you know, I think that that is an immensely important thing to, to say and remember, but we also have to keep in mind that uh, books are expensive, books are a luxury item, books are not accessible for a huge amount of people. Um, So I think that's the, the crossroads that independent bookstores are at, are in right now is sort of, saying we're very important, but also acknowledging sort of the structural barriers that a lot of people have to, to getting access to the book, to to the product and the, and the experience that we offer. Mm -hmm.
0: And another, another thing that Hub City offers is the writer's project, which uh, I'll let you talk more about, because you obviously know, but workshops, a winter intensive, uh, annual writing in place conference, what is the writer's project offering you know in your 30th year and and what can people find use for of it
1: yeah we do a ton of stuff and uh we do like i said like workshops and conferences about writing but we also do a lot of stuff there's a really deep part of our mission and this has really evolved in the last five years i really intensely during the pandemic the idea of you know, really decentralizing publishing and also trying to make publishing systems and book systems more um, opaque or sorry, less opaque, more <laughs> transparent, um, build transparency into publishing systems for a wider range of people. Um, so we do uh, a lot of kind of what we call crash courses, which are really quick um how-to's on publishing, parts of publishing, and that could be like a query letter, getting an agent, Um, we did one on residencies, and these are things that if you don't get an MFA you don't have really any way of asking and as someone who went to an MFA, I'm not sure that my questions were answered in that process either necessarily, let's be honest. Um, so they're like $25 and it's, they're a very low cost way for people to like get an hour really dedicated to parts of the industry that like kind of nobody talks about. Um, and then we do more traditional, you know, forms and character development and blah, 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 that kind of, you know, stuff. And um, that's been a really nice blend of like some kind of craft stuff and some, you um, uh, you know industry stuff because we're we're just uniquely situated to kind of offer that um mm-hmm. and we can do it very easily and simply just by you know Kate uh McMullen my managing editor and I just sitting and having a conversation that is led by people's questions um and in terms of where it's going Kate and I are both very committed to like the writers project and creative education portion of it um again there isn't a lot in the site like you're so lucky to have lighthouse and mm-hmm. um you know there are so many cities that have such strong uh, creative writing education nonprofits, and that offer like the porch in, in Nashville, Tennessee is great. And um, but we don't have a lot of offerings in this part of the country, and so we are trying to. We've been offering stuff for you know the Upstate of South Carolina and in the region um, for a, for a long time, but we are trying to with the Whitner Intensive and this new Intensive series. We we really do have a goal of being something like Tin House where people can um come for you know a dedicated time with a cohort that really feels as valuable as like a brief MFA setting, essentially. Um we also just want to keep it affordable and um you know and try to make it accessible for as many um people as possible. So That is our goal for kind of going to our 30th year is like how do we take this long record of really good creative writing education that we have and sort of uh, make it a little bit more national like we did with the press, um, while maintaining that standard and also the accessibility that we really um, think is truly important. So we also do still offer a lot of our stuff virtual. Um, that's been a good balance. Uh, we went to all virtual obviously during the pandemic, but we have not stopped offering virtual classes, um, which is so great because there's people all over the country that are taking our stuff. So I would say that the intensives and the, and the more virtual programming that can make our creative writing offerings more national, um, is our goal.
0: And I have interviewed a few of the writers on uh, your press hub City, and they all have such kind things to say about everything you do as a small independent publisher and i'm just curious if you can shout out what you've published recently what you are publishing and yeah yeah what are you publishing
1: yeah and i'm i love hearing that our authors are happy that's really the primary thing that we try to do we um this transparency stuff really extends to authors. I've um, We work a lot with unagented authors and mm-hmm. we walk them through their contracts and we say, okay, look, if you get... advance, and the book is set at this price, you're making this much per book, and then this is how many copies you have to sell before you make money. Um, Drawing that math out and saying, we're like, we're not trying to hide anything. Um, That is where we feel that as a small shop, where we don't have the marketing budgets, we don't have the endless money that um, larger places have, um that's what we can kind of replace it with that sort of um really close contact um cultivating talent sort of um really taking care of our authors and our work and that's particularly important for us because of our really we we have such a goal to make sure that our catalog is really uh representing sort of the range of voices that are in the south and um as we work with more and more writers who are writing from marginalized communities and from, from these disparate perspectives, keeping um, that author-centric approach is more important than ever so that people never feel like the book, even the flap copy or the blurbs or the, or the uh, you know, obviously the cover or anything like that is not representative of them and, and what they were trying to achieve with their book. So that is a, that is our, our, our single purpose. And we really feel like that's what we can offer. Um, But the uh, books that have come out recently, um, we had Good Women by Hallie Hill come out short stories in September. And that book was in um, People Magazine and Oprah Magazine, one of the best books of the year was in the Boston Globe. Um, And we also had uh, or I, I'm like, it's 2024 now. I should start talking <laughs> new yeah. things. So I guess looking ahead, because that's what we always do in publishing. It's like, you know, if it's 2024, I'm talking about 2025 suddenly. But 2024, um, one of our most popular authors is Drew Lanham, who's a uh, MacArthur genius, awardee, bird watcher, bird ornithologist writer. And he has a new one called uh, Joy is the Justice We Give Ourselves. That comes out in April. And uh, people are already- totally excited about it because Drew has huge fans and we're huge fans of Drew. Um, So that's what we're looking forward to. So we also have a uh, really exciting novel that, Uh, called Beautiful Dreamers by Minrose Gwynn. Minrose is an author that was with um, Harper for a long time. And uh, it's a novel about um, kind of queer experience in 60s Mississippi, um, and uh, sort of about chosen families and a mother and daughter and her mother's best friend and it's a Just a beautiful book and one of those books that I think a lot of people are going to read and and love and and that's coming out in August and I'm really excited about it. So, um, but yeah, people can look at hubcity.org. We also have Nisha uh, Imbar powell sorry, (laughs) I reversed her name. Uh, Nisha Powell Ingbar's come by here, which is her memoir and essays about the, uh, Geechee coast of Georgia and really fascinating stuff that I feel like, uh, nobody's really written about the sea islands of Georgia. And we're really, really excited about that one as well. So I'm, I think 2024 is going to be great. We're lining up 2025 and 2026 right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't be, I couldn't be more excited about what we're doing and, uh, I feel like, um, we are getting such amazing stuff from agents and from writers and it just feels like, you know, we get stuff where I think this is just an honor to get this and to, that they're even considering us. Um, Cause I still come from that little perspective of just like, you know, little hub city. Um, but again, as I think I said in that tweet, I'm trying to enter the 30th year with, you know, more certainty and and pride in what we've accomplished. And so, yeah, it's been an, it's been an amazing thing to be part of.
0: Yeah. And, and today as we like, 30 minutes before recording this uh, Hub City was awarded a $20,000 grant from the National Endowment of the Arts. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. We love any uh, it. It's exciting.
0: And like, not necessarily speaking about that grant, but just speaking about Hub City in the future with what you could do maybe with grants like that or without grants like that. Where do you see Hub City? What, what are goals 2023. Oh wow! 2024, 2025, <laughs> 2026, and beyond. Where is Hub City in the next thirty years?
1: I yeah, the next thirty years. Um, I think that we're we're going to steadily, uh, you know, do more books at a really really sustainable rate. That's so important to us. Um, and we're going to keep, uh, fostering and cultivating talent in the south um writing talent finding it championing it and yelling like crazy about the stuff that we love and that we have found and um i i as i said i hope we'll grow our programming and that people will begin to know us a bit more for that nationally as well um and you know i just want to continue also being a place that people can look to for transparency and for more understanding about the i i think I have nothing invested in keeping things opaque um and I think uh light is so br- is so important to bring to all these systems and that's the only way that we're going to make them more fair and more equitable um and I want Hub City to continue being a place where people know that they're going to have that experience no matter how they interact with us or, as a publisher or as a programmer or as a bookshop um and uh and continue doing the level of work that that we're proud of and um and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my goal and also um i i had something to say regarding grants but um that's okay that's you know just
0: just we can talk about grants if you want to
1: <laughs> no you started with grants and i was like oh i have grant goals yeah. but um but it's it's you know that it is what it is grants are grants are are, are crazy to chase and and we we just really want to do a great job and have authors continue to say that they felt um they felt really uh involved with the process and that's that's if we're not doing that then i don't i don't know i don't want to be doing this anymore
0: yeah definitely um meg thanks so much for like just talking about hub city because i feel I mean, Day Beautiful has been around for five years and it's a small part of the literary community and there's so many other, there's so many there's just so many parts of the literary community. And I, I've always appreciated what Hub City has done and what it continues to do. And I just appreciate you talking to me because I like learning more about what Hub City does and I hope listeners enjoy it as well and, and find books and find resources through you, um, yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate chatting with you and I appreciate that you exist and are so dogged about what you do. And, um, uh, we've really been big fans of you since, I think since you started pretty much, I remember when you launched or, um, and I, I do want to say that it's, you know, it's a difficult media landscape right now with all the layoffs mm-hmm. and all the changes. And, um, it's a difficult place to, um, to be, putting out books, but I feel like, um, what we have are people that understand what we're doing and at place outlets all over the place, whether they're very small to like national, you know, big newspapers. And those are the people that are putting hub city books forward instead of, you know, a book by a much larger publisher. And so it comes down to those people who believe in what we're doing. And, um, so what you're doing is so important and, uh, people wouldn't hear about books but was not for people like you. So we really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. I just looked up while you were talking the our first email and it was actually, this is interesting. I I, I forgot about this. Um, uh, I did one interview for The Rumpus. It was with Emily Peace.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes.
0: And that was my first interaction with you back in 2019. That's
1: uh, that it feels is, like
0: a lifetime ago.
1: and It is a lifetime ago. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why it feels like you've always been around.
0: <laughs> I want to thank Meg so much for coming on to talk about Hub City. You can find Hub City on the internet at hubcity.org, on Twitter at Hub City press and on Instagram at hubcitywriters. You can follow Meg on Twitter at. Meg i read and she is also has a website make i read that's make i read you can follow day beautiful at DayBeautiful.net and follow us on social media at day beautiful and if you're interested in my weird tweets follow me at vit and as always i'm adam this is day beautiful and you're all beautiful